0: Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear... Course in Miracles, lesson 134. This is another one of those long, long lessons. I notice that sometimes I get angry at JC, at Jesus, for making these, this particular stretch of lessons so long. But what you gonna do? He is Jesus Christ. JC is JC. So we can only get so mad at JC for so long. So, um, hanging in there. It's day four of the injury. The waves are big. I'm really upset. Um, injuries are no fun. I'm trying to be a good sport, but I think I might need to get away. I think I might need to leave Southern California for like a month after I go to my doctor's appointments. And, um, You know process this injury Elsewhere because You see people at the coffee shop They're coming in they got their hair wet You know the pretty girls got their They got that post surf I just combed my hair look Thing Can you tell I'm getting a little batty I actually did have a I actually did have a painkiller today um, Mostly out of boredom Those of you who are uh, A member of my community please don't hold that Against me don't worry, they're prescribed. Um, it's actually really cool. Cause I'm not, I'm not being habitual about any of that stuff in all seriousness. I'm not being habitual about that sort of thing. Um, it's really amazing to wake up in the morning and be free of the addiction essentially. Um, because I'm not, this is, you know, every opportunity for what would be referred to as a free lapse is here, and I'm really not seizing that opportunity. And I'm not really seeing it in the, yes, it's definitely slippery. Yes, it's definitely a little dangerous for sure, but that's not, I'm not really relating to it as that. I'm not relating to it as this opportunity to use drugs. I, I really don't want, I really don't want to. It's like, okay, I woke up this morning and I just had my coffee on the couch and I tuned in with spirit. I did, I did yesterday's lesson, which was, I, today I will not, um, let me, let me actually do a quick review. Yesterday's lesson was, I will not value what is valueless. So you can take that as far as you want. You could make your coffee valueless. If you think you value coffee, you could say, I'm not going to value this coffee. It's valueless. You could certainly get a little bit carried away with the specialness of things. So, you know, in the, Course of Miracles specialness is when we, we're essentially valuing something that is outside of us, particularly special love. So romantic relationships are examples of special love. Even parental relationships are examples of special love. We can't avoid special love relationships. They are part of life, nor are we supposed to try to avoid them. But the use of the, the terminology specialness as it's used in... Course in Miracles is very powerful. and so yesterday's lesson was, I will not value what is valueless. The only thing that has any value is the love of God. Forgiveness is something that has value. Forgiveness is not valueless. Um, or forgive, yeah, forgiveness is not valueless. Forgiveness, again, has uh, value. And you can, you know, if you jump on social media, if you jump on the TV, if you get in your car and drive around, you will see all of these things that people value that are in fact valueless. And that's a really powerful question. One of the, you know, as a coach, one of the questions that I like to ask people is what they value and very, people very rarely take time to really get clear on what it is that they do in fact value in life. And specialness aside, this accident that I had came as the result of me doing something that I value. I value physical activity. I value uh, physical exertion. I value exercise. I value being in the body. I value the kinesthetic relationship that I have to the universe. And that's okay. And there is, again, see, there's no way to avoid the specialness. And perhaps I got slapped a little bit uh, because I was valuing that which is special a little too much. Maybe JC just needed to show me that all of the love that I need is right there within this given moment or within any given moment, any holy instant as that is referred to in the Course. So the holy instant, another really powerful concept to wrap your head around. Basically, the holy instant says that everything that you could possibly think to ask for or that you could imagine yourself wanting is encapsulated within this very moment alone. So that is a really powerful orientation to things. Uh, the the holy instant. I have a Course in Miracles shirt. It says the holy. In, it says ACIM. The holy instant is now. I just Googled Course in Miracles shirt, and there it was. You could just order Course in Miracles shirts off the internet. So. Chipping away at the ego with this work and this accident that I keep coming back to that I'm still very much in the throes of is really an opportunity to look at what it is I truly value and to look at what that which is valueless that I am still valuing. And it's very powerful when you, it's a very powerful realization when you discover that all that you need, all that you could possibly ask for currently is happening right or could be happening all that you could ever possibly ask for all of the splendor all of the delight all of the wonder all of the divinity expressing itself is available to you right here and now in this most perfect moment known as the holy instant so without further ado this again we're trudging through these longer lessons and then the lessons at some point they get really short and kind of fun and easy and they're they're just essentially prayers but we are in the thick of it we are in the meat of it we are in the process of undoing we are undoing in a very serious way currently we're showing up as miracle workers we are showing up for ourselves we are showing up for god We are rocking and rolling. We are practicing forgiveness, which again brings us back to this lesson, lesson 134. Let me perceive forgiveness as it is. Let us us review the meaning of, quote, forgive, for it is apt to be distorted and to be perceived as something that entails an unfair sacrifice of righteous wrath, a gift unjustified and undeserved, and a complete denial of the truth. In such a view, forgiveness must be seen as mere eccentric folly. In this course, appear in this course appear to rest salvation on a whim. This twisted view of what forgiveness means is easily corrected when you can accept the fact that pardon is not asked for what is true. It must be limited to what is false. It is irrelevant to everything except illusions. Truth is God's creation, and to pardon this is meaningless. All truth belongs to him, reflects his laws, and radiates his love. Does this need pardon? How can you forgive the sinless and eternally benign? The major difficulty that you find in genuine forgiveness on your part is that you still believe you must forgive the truth and not illusions. You conceive of pardon as a vain attempt to look past what is there, to overlook the truth in an unfounded effort to deceive yourself by making an illusion true. This twisted viewpoint, but reflects the hold that the idea of sin retains as yet upon your mind as you regard yourself. So there's this talk Um, that I heard a long time ago. His name is Gary Vanarchek. He's a solid course minister, good, you know, relatively well-known course minister, and he's describing forgiveness and the way forgiveness is held in the traditional sense, and the way forgiveness is held in the traditional sense is, well, you see, you're a terrible person. You're a terrible person who did a terrible thing, and the terrible thoughts that you had and the terrible intentions that led up to the, uh, you committing this terrible sin against all of humanity, it's all very terrible. Everything about you is terrible. And because I am so wonderful and because I am so kind and so benevolent and so righteous and so much further above you in the scale of spirituality and this spiritual, spir- spiritual scale or this spiritual inside of this spiritual hierarchy, might be being a little redundant, but because I am so much better than you, I am going to grace you with my forgiveness because that's how wonderful I am and I'm going to demonstrate that. That's the traditional view of forgiveness. It's sort of an exaggerated exaggeration, but not really. Because you think your sins are real, you look on pardon as deception For it is impossible to think of sin as true and not believe forgiveness is a lie. Thus is forgiveness really but a sin like all the rest. It says the truth is false and smiles on the corrupt as if they were as blameless as the grass, as white as snow. It is delusional in what it thinks it can accomplish. It would see as right the plainly wrong, the loathsome loathsome as the good. "'Pardon is no escape in such a view. "'It merely is a further sign that sin is unforgivable, "'at best to be concealed, denied, or called another name, "'for pardon is a treachery to truth.'" Guilt cannot be forgiven. If you sin, your guilt is everlasting. Those who are forgiven from the view their sins are real are pitifully mocked and twice condemned, first by themselves for what they think they did, and once again, by those who pardon them. So in other words, we're just calling all of this illusion out for what it is. Nothing but BS. One great big illusion that by utilizing quantum forgiveness, we are very much just seeing beyond the, the veil of the illusion of maya or maya, the architect of illusion or delusion. It is sin's unreality that makes forgiveness natural and wholly sane. A deep relief to those who offer it, a quiet blessing where it is received. It does not countenance illusions, but collects them lightly with a little laugh and gently lays them at the feet of truth and where they disappear entirely. So it is sin's unreality. So the fact that sin doesn't even exist that makes forgiveness natural and wholly sane, and a deep relief to those who offer it. So to use an extreme example, you look outside your window, you see somebody murdering somebody, or you see some her- her- atrocious act being committed, or you see some of the shoplifting that's happening in some of the major cities, or you see you know, some of these things that the right-wing media are saying happening, or some of these things that the left-wing media are saying, and you just decide to See beyond that, to see its unreality, that offers a deep relief and it does offer a very profound sense of freedom. Forgiveness is the only thing that stands for truth in the illusions of the world. It sees their nothingness and looks straight through the thousand forms in which they may appear. It looks on lies, but it is not deceived. It does not heed the self accusing shrieks of sinners mad with guilt. It looks on them with quiet eyes and merely says to them, my brother, what you think is not the truth. So I'm looking out into the world. I'm seeing all of this madness happening. I'm seeing the, the cities decay. I'm seeing the cities, like my, my, my city, my, my hometown Chicago in ruin. And I just look on this and I'm seeing these, these kids who are organizing themselves on social media and, and committing atrocious acts on members of the populace of Chicago and on businesses and communities. And I'm just saying, my brother, what you think is not the truth. So these things that you think are so awful about the world to such an extent that you need to destroy the world, my brother, what you think is not the truth And there's just a lot of freedom in that. And I'm looking on all of that with quiet eyes. So in other words, these people aren't sinners. These people aren't horrible people who better repent someday. They're just kind of making some mistakes inside of this illusion. All of us have seemed to be thrust inside of together. The strength of pardon is its honesty, which is so uncorrupted that it sees illusions as illusions, not as truth. It is because of this that it becomes the undeceiver in the face of lies, the great restorer of simple truth. But it's by its ability to overlook what is not there, it opens up the way to truth, which has been blocked by dreams of guilt. Now, excuse me, now are you free to follow the way your true forgiveness opens up to you? For if one brother has received this gifts of you, the door is open to yourself. There is a very simple way to find the door to true forgiveness and perceive it open wide in welcome. When you feel that you are tempted to accuse someone of sin in any form, do not allow your mind to dwell on what you think he did. For that is self-deception. Ask instead, ask instead, would I accuse myself of doing this? Thus will you see alternatives for choice in terms that render choosing meaningful and keep your mind as free of guilt and pain as God himself intended it to be and as it is in truth. It is but lies that would condemn. In truth is innocence the only thing there is. Forgiveness stands between illusions and the truth, between the world you see and that which lies beyond, between the hell of guilt and heaven's gate. Across the bridge as powerful as love which laid its blessing on it are all dreams of evil and of hatred and attack brought silently to truth they are not kept to swell and bluster and to terrify the foolish dreamer who believes in them he has been gently weak wakened from his dream by understanding that he that what by understanding what he thought he saw was never there and now he cannot feel that all escape has been denied to him. He does not have to fight to save himself. He does not have to kill the dragons which he thought pursued him, nor need he erect the heavy walls of stone and iron doors he thought would make him safe. He can remove the ponderous and useless armor made to chain his mind to fear and misery. His step is light, and as he lifts his foot to stride ahead, a star is left behind to point the way to those who follow him. Forgiveness must be practiced, for the world cannot perceive its meanings nor provide a guide to teach you its beneficence. Beneficience. There is no thought in all the world that leads to any understanding of the laws it follows, nor the thought that it reflects. It is alien to the world as is your own reality, and yet it joins your mind with the reality in you. So in other words, we have to practice forgiveness. So... This is like building a muscle. This is a spiritual muscle we are working on building. And consider that the, the most powerful spiritual muscle or one of the most powerful spiritual muscles we can build and have each in, in that each of us has the ability to build is the muscle of forgiveness. Forgive your mom. Forgive your dad. Forgive your neighbor. Forgive that person who violated you. Forgive that bully on your block when you were growing up. Forgive your spouse who left you. Uh, forgive all the people you died but are still kind of angry at, etc., the people you know who died but are still sort of angry at, forgive, 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 quantum forgiveness, but this still, in fact, must be practiced. So today we practice true forgiveness that the time of joining may be no more delayed for we would meet with our reality in freedom and in peace. Our practicing becomes the footsteps lighted up the way for all our brothers who will follow us to the reality we share with them. That this may be accomplished, let us give a quarter of an hour twice today and spend it with the guide who understands the meaning of forgiveness and was sent to us to teach it. Let us ask him, let me forgive, let me perceive forgiveness as it is. Then choose one brother as he will direct and catalog his sins as one by one they cross your mind. So you're going to think about this person and all of the horrible things that they've done. So this is where we get to indulge the ego a little bit. Be certain not to dwell on any of them, but realize that you are using his, quote, offenses, but to save the world from all ideas of sin. Briefly consider all the evil things you thought of him and each time ask yourself, Would I condemn myself for doing this? Let him be freed from all the thoughts you had of sin in him, and now you are prepared for freedom. If you have been practicing thus far in willingness and honesty, you will begin to sense a lifting up, a lightening of weight across your chest, a deep and certain feeling of release. The time remaining should be given to experiencing the escape from all the heavy chains you sought to lay upon your brother, but were laid upon yourself. Forgiveness should be practiced through the day, for there, will be, for there will still be many times when you forget its meaning and attack yourself. When this occurs, allow your mind to see through this illusion as you tell yourself, let me for- perceive forgiveness as it is. Would I accuse myself of doing this? I will not lay this chain upon myself. In everything you do, remember this. No one is crucified alone, and yet no one can enter heaven by himself. So again, in other words, we need others to forgive so that we can get into heaven. Again, this is powerful stuff. This is life transforming stuff. This is transforming to you. This is transforming to the world. This is some of the most powerful, profound, noble, and honorable spiritual work that could ever be done. So, To each and every one of you, I thank you, I love you, I bless you, I wish that you have a wonderful, powerful, focused, committed, ultimately forgiving, and happy day. I'll talk to you soon on the Course in Miracles podcast. Bye-bye.